Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tim Heidecker is probably best known as half of the innovative comedy duo Tim and Eric, whose hilarious and often unsettling cable TV shows attracted a rabid fan base. Heidecker is also known for his long-running association with comedian Greg Turkington, and the two have created the very funny On Cinema web series, where the two review movies that they clearly haven't seen. So far in 2019, Heidecker has co-starred in Jordan Peele's latest horror film, Us, and he's just released a heartfelt album of songs titled What the Broken Hearted Do. Tim Heidecker is my guest on this week's episode of the Brett Saunders Podcast. Hey, Brett. How are you, man? I am terrific. It is great to talk with you. It's great to talk to you. What the Broken Hearted Do, and it's a collection of songs that relay an uncommon sensitivity, and I think that's nice. An uncommon sensitivity? Yes. Well, I, I believe it's quite common these days. Do but... tell. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, it's a breakup record, uh, but, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily autobiographical, uh, but, you know, they're, they're sort of sad songs. Your classic uh, She Left Me, um, Feeling Blue kind of material. Um. Yeah, so I think we all can relate to that. We've all gone through something like that, uh, most people at least. Now, there's a so, story behind it, and, and that story is that you were getting trolled by a lot of creeps on the Internet who suggested a couple of years ago that, that your wife had left you, but that was not true, of course. Not to my knowledge. Uh, no, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's upstairs at the moment. Uh, no, yeah, I have been sort of battling the, the uh, sort of 4chan Internet uh, trolls, you know, mostly in 2016, and and I was a pretty anti uh, vocal anti uh, Trump guy on on the Twitter. And anyway, you know, these people they use all kinds of tactics. But one that was just kind of amusing to me was that they they doctored up this these fake divorce papers, insinuating that I was such a you know a what do you call it a soy boy, a, a, you know, a, a, just a, a a beta male or whatever, and uh, and that and my my wife couldn't take it anymore, so that kind of got spread around, and some people thought it was they you know they were they were well they were good forgeries I guess. Anyways, it just kind of put a bug in my head that that would be a nice. I had already kind of started writing some songs that were kind of going in a certain direction. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with them, but uh, that sort of fueled my uh, creativity a little bit. So I appreciate that. Appreciate their work. <laughs> and I'm gonna take the next flight out of here I'm gonna go back to the sunshine Won't come back east Until another one bites the dust There's a song called Funeral Shoes I, I grew up back east And I, yeah. don't, I don't like to go back there And I've never heard a song before That expresses that feeling so well, especially the line about I'll, I'll go back when someone else bites the dust <laughs> again. I mean, that is yeah. th that's it's a tough song, but at the same time, I, I find it to be one of the most relatable songs I've heard this year. 
Yeah, I think that one is probably the least, uh, I mean, the most autobiographical. I'm from, I'm from back east. I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania. And uh, I, I go back less and less. And the more sort of uh, grandparents that, that pass away, uh, you know, I have, I have 25 grandparents. So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of opportunities to go back. But um, no, I, yeah, there's sort of the feeling of your, you, you know, you can know, I say, you know, home, home isn't where you're living. And the longer I'm away, the less I feel connected to that place as, you know, when you think about it, I only spent 15 or 18 years there and now I'm 43. So I'm sort of becoming a, a California, you know, I'm raising my kids here and it just feels a little strange to lose your connection to where you're from a little bit. You seem to reflect a lot of uh, the art of other California singer songwriters. For instance, I hear almost Randy Newman-esque inflections in the way that you sing or speak some of the words in these songs. How important is Randy Newman to you? Oh man, he's so important. I I've only really, you know, I I I've always knew him as as you know the guy from uh, the Toy Story movies and short uh, short people and sort of the, the kind of more novelty songs. But I'd say about ten or so years ago, I finally kind of dug into those seventies uh, albums, Good Old Boys and Sail Away and uh, I just, it was, it's a whole, a whole world there. And he kind of taught me this songwriting lesson that of, you know, you can, you can sort of become anybody in the song. And he demonstrates that all over the place where often he's singing in the first person and he's telling stories, but you know, we're, we're all pretty, pretty sure that he's not, you know, he's not speaking as Randy Newman there, but I just love the, the quality of the music, the, the, the sort of, american roots uh, to the music and he's, he's always always had such great players on his records and yeah i i ape him a little bit in the voice i mean i try not to do an impression of him right but um i i you know i i don't have the greatest voice uh i'm not i, I can't you know croon like harry nelson or anything but so i give it my best and sometimes it kind of comes out a little a little like randy when i get up You mentioned Harry Nilsson, too, and when you hear a song like When I Get Up, obviously yeah. you're going to hear some Harry Nilsson. I always found it interesting how Harry was kind of connected to comedy and how comedy and music aren't always acknowledged. Randy Newman's another great example, the people he oh, yeah. like the Three Amigos movie, how he collaborated with those guys. Or Harry Nilsson, I did not know until a couple of years ago how tight he was with Albert Brooks. I mean, the world of comedy, oh, yeah. the world of comedy and the world of music are really not that that separate and you know this well. Well, I was just thinking this the other day, the Beatles, I don't know if, if your audience is familiar with that group, uh, <laughs> 60s pop group, but their, you know, their last single was Let It I think it was either Let It Be or Long and Winding Road and the B-side was uh You Know My Name, Look Up the Number, which was is like a huge inspiration for me comedy wise as a kid it's just like totally insane it's like very pre uh like primordial monty python style silliness and so yeah i think a lot of the times i've talked to a lot of comedians and musicians about this is we all start sort of young wanting to be creative wanting to make stuff and a lot of comedians start out with bands and they start out making music or a lot of musicians start out wanting to be doing comedy and it and we sort of, you know, when when the first thing that kind of catches, 
for your career uh, happens, whether, you know, in, in whatever field it's in, you tend to focus on that and really work towards that because you're finally on a little bit of a path. But I think a lot of people in our business here have just like a, a multitude of interests, multitudes of, of various talents. And, and I've just always tried to not like ignore those and explore any any avenue that I that, that's, you know, interesting to me. So I get a chance to do this as like a little side gig is to make music with some people I love making music with. And luckily I have an audience that is out there to uh, to sort of follow me along. Do you pick up the guitar every day, Tim? Uh, I, I do. And I started uh, keeping my guitar in my bedroom, which I realized I keep, I have a little home studio downstairs. And if, if it's, you know, if I realized that I was not playing enough because I, I didn't have any instruments around, but we have a piano in the house and I, you know, I try to just noodle. I try to kind of work on, try to work on something every day. I'm trying to learn how to finger pick. Cause like, I'm not a really good guitar player. Uh, and I realized I could be doing much better. So I was talking with Ezra uh, Koenig from the vampire weekend. Yes. And I think we've, which I just love that new album. I don't know if you guys play that, but it is, we do. it is, I mean, I'm not a pop music guy and I love that album. I'm like losing it over it. It's like, I'm, I'm so sort of jealous of it, but anyways, <laughs> we decided that we were going to take guitar lessons together when he gets off the road. So, <laughs> congratulations! Be, yeah, I'll tell you what I like about that band, uh, especially when it comes to a radio station like this. We're what they call a triple A radio station. Mm -hmm. Is that's great a, for if you're in an accident on the side of the road? Or <laughs> it's you know. also good for that. But Vampire Weekend, Ezra sounds just enough like those classic rock singers like Paul Simon, for instance, on the song yeah, oh, Harmony sure. Hall, that yeah. it, it, somebody who is 60 can relate to it, and then because of yeah. their energy, somebody who's 20 can relate to it. That's why I think they're actually our perfect band. They're they're that good. They're, yeah, they're so good. Well, I, I don't, I'm not successful enough. I'm a little too much of a purist of, with the, the sort of analog 70s uh, recording style that, that I don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of... Uh, you know, Pro Tools synth and stuff kind of happening in, in my records. And I think that probably keeps me in the shadows of the music industry a little bit. But, you know, I, I'm, I just do what I like to do. And I'm not, I'm not chasing a, a number one record. You have a great yeah. podcast, Tim. It's, Thank you. It's called Office Hours. And uh, I think it was last week you compared yourself to Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, that was, I, got, I got caught. I mean, I was in one of my rages, you know, one of my one of my proselytizing uh, fever speeches, but uh, I just, I mean, the only thing I, I, I'm a huge Dylan. I mean, he's the, he's the guy, he's the, the great, he's got, he's the one of God with a lowercase G, but, um, and everybody should watch the Rolling Thunder review. Yes. On Netflix. It's just a, so great. But I think all I take from him and, and see in my own stuff is he was always moving, you know, of course the documentary, the other documentary, Don't Look Back, that was that's sort of my guiding principle is he's always changing and always uh, trying to evolve or trying to challenge his audience, trying to change the perceptions of uh, what people think of him. And he was like in the 60s, he was moving like so quick with what he wanted to do. And of course, obviously, famously caused, you know, his audience to throw stuff at him and, you know, that kind of stuff. So in all, not in talent, not in popularity and any of that stuff but just in a as a principle as an artist to try to keep uh changing and growing and 
and experimenting. He's my guy for that. What's your favorite part of that movie? I love that whole entire film, the whole thing. Oh, my God. I mean, there's so much, but, you know, the song Hurricane, which I've heard a million times, it's it sort of when I was coming up in high school, I think there, it came back on the radio. It was it sort of was like part of a greatest hits or something. So it was Hurricane was always on, and it just became something you kind of got used to. But when you see him perform it in the, in that film, you're, it's like you're hearing it for the first time. And his phrasing and his storytelling and the way all the words work together and the passion and sort of the fact that it's a story, a narrative story, but it's about justice. It's about, you know, all these big racial issues and, and the delivery of it. I mean, that's one of the highlights. Also, just seeing Joni Mitchell in, a, in Gordon Lightfoot's apartment playing Coyote for everybody flawlessly just like killing it and like kind of you know <laughs> right in front of bob dylan i mean the whole thing and just the conceit of it that that martin scorsese and bob dylan uh created this total i mean not to spoil anything but it's been out for a little bit but a lot of what you see in that documentary is fully fictional and made up and um and that's like that's the entire thesis of dylan's career is just creating this you know just he's a magician he's like a con man and and uh uh, a trickster. So, um, I mean, I just, I watched it twice. I made my wife watch it and who, who actually, who loved it, you know? So I think, you know, I tell people, if you're not like a big Dylan guy or gal, just, um, try to go in with an open mind. I don't know why I'm coming on the radio to promote a Bob Dylan documentary, <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like a good use of my, of, uh, my promotional efforts, but well, here I am. I've, I've met Bob, <laughs> I've met Bob Dylan, Tim, and, uh, oh boy. and, and I've met you and you are you are just like Dylan in this in this respect that you keep changing and evolving yeah. as time goes on yeah. with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That, that said, I mean, I spent the past couple of days texting with some collaborators that you all, that people that follow me will know. And, and it's, it, we're cooking things up and there's still a, there's still a love and a joy in, in making totally silly uh, juvenile thing so um, it's not that i'm abandoning my comedy career i just i i like to do i have uh, you know varied interests and uh i still cry laughing with certain people that you guys know that uh about the dumbest and i mean the dumbest of things so hopefully there's more coming uh, in that in that side of things i know you're prolific do you have a couple of minutes left that we can chat about a couple of other things sure yeah you in this movie, Us, I wanted to tell you that your doppelganger in this movie, Tex, uh, mm -hmm. he was preferable to his above-ground counterpart, and I think that he was the only character who made... That's how good a comic actor you are. I actually like <laughs> I like Tex better than the than the actual <laughs> than guy. Josh. Yeah, yeah, Josh. <laughs> oh, thank you. That must have been amazing being part of that. Oh, it was a blast. I mean, I, I it was one of those insane dream things where I didn't... No, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't audition for it. I just, Jordan just kind of came in and said, came to me and said, I've got this part for you. If you're interested, you know, what, 
it's just stupid. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I'll be there. I'll be there early. Um, I, you know, he just, he's a good guy. And and I knew that he was going to be making something great. So, and then the whole thing was just fun and collaborative and, and sort of easy, you know, it's just a great experience uh, all the way through. And just to get to be a small part of it was a lot of fun. And I felt like when it came out, there was a lot of my audience that felt this weird, like, sense of ownership and pride that I was in this this big movie yeah because a lot of these people have been and I'm sure you as well just like following my uh, our antics for for years now and 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 that sort of core audience has like a, you know we, we're very interactive with them and have long relationships with our audience that I think they felt just kind of like that was a little they kind of owned my role in that movie a little bit for our audience who doesn't know you uh and Greg Turkington, who's another amazing comedian, you guys have this universe. It's called the On Cinema Universe. And it's my favorite thing in comedy since SCTV. And and to me, it has has a lot of those same elements. It's meta, and you you, you go off in different directions. Now, I've heard, and I'm wondering if you can confirm for us, Tim Heidecker, that there is a film in the can from from this universe. There is, and... um it's uh, it's being it's being announced uh this week uh i believe or early next week as an official announcement but i suppose i can give the colorado uh denver colorado listening audience a exclusive on this oh boy uh but <laughs> uh without probably saying much more than you've just said but we did make a uh you know a sort of mock documentary a faux documentary about my character's uh run for district attorney in San Bernardino. And it started out as just a little thing we would throw up on the internet um, as we do the other shows, a little bit longer perhaps. And it was this crazy thing where we ended up getting so much, we put a little more work into it sort of at the last minute. We're like, well, if we're going to do this, let's just try to get a lot of stuff. And we got, it, it all just kind of worked and we came back and edited it and it, and it was like, it, it just sort of felt like a movie. And uh, Nathan Fielder, who is a friend of ours, and uh, he kind of saw an early cut, and he was like, guys, you cannot just put this on the internet. Like, this needs to be in a movie theater, <laughs> it needs to be uh, reviewed, and it needs to have a poster, you know, all these things that make the audience feel like, you know, they should pay attention to this, because sometimes you throw stuff on the internet, and people kind of treat it that way. You know, the it's just kind of a YouTube. But... Um, so anyways, we, we spent the next few months kind of polishing it and got a distributor involved, and and it's, it's going to come out in the fall. And, and it's I've shown it. Here's the thing that I think maybe your listeners who have never heard of on cinema uh, should know, and we're going to do a good, hopefully do a good job of letting people know, is you can go into this without having seen a second of on cinema, and it's it should be, you know, it's not going to be for everybody, but it's not one of those things where if you don't know the world, you don't know the universe, you're just going to be lost. We've, I've shown it to people that haven't really paid attention on cinema. And they said, "Oh, I, we didn't need to know." You know, certainly would help if you're if you're like you if you come in knowing all your stuff, but um, or it'll just be more enriching. But so, you know, we'll see. We'll put it out. People will uh, people love it and people will hate it. I can't wait. But, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, we're very proud of it. We're really excited for everyone to see it. 
Hey, Tim, have you checked out this? Uh, there's a band in your universe, the On Cinema universe, called Dakar, which you which you head up. Uh-huh. Have you checked out this Dakar tribute band, Hollywood Vampires? Uh, <laughs> I just saw that this poster <laughs> that they're putting out. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, like if it's like a Grammy thing or if it's a concert, but there's these Hollywood Vampire posters that says, under it says the rock album of the year, <laughs> and it has no attribution attribution to that uh, line. It's just a statement, which I guess you know they're free to do. If you're uh, the Rolling Stones, you call yourself the greatest rock band in the world, the best whatever it is, the greatest rock band in the world, or something. Uh, so there you go, the the album, the rock album of the year from Hollywood. <laughs> but if if you're looking for Instagram accounts to follow, that have you seen that uh, catatonic youth? Uh, account they they kind of take take uh, the the worst of rock and compile it into little clips and stuff and there's a there's just a terrific one of Johnny Depp playing slide guitar that I highly highly recommend <laughs> check out that's all I'll say about the Hollywood Vampire I'm on it I know you have to go because you are a busy <laughs> yeah. prolific dude what the broken hearted do is the album from Tim Heidecker hey say hello to my buddy Vic Berger for me and I will. And Thank you so much for, uh, for, for the chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's talk again. Thank you. Okay. You've been listening to the Brett Saunders Podcast. Catch past episodes with Keith Richards, Mumford & Sons, John Prine, Wes from the Lumineers, David Byrne, and more. On demand at kbco.com or wherever you get yours. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.